You're listening to the Esports Business Network podcast. Today's guest, Sarah Walker. Sarah Walker is the executive recruiter at Onward Play, specializing in recruitment for video game studios, esports, and mixed reality. Enjoy the show. Esports Business Network podcast. My name is Cameron Shelby. I'm here with the CEO of Esports Business Network, uh, Trent Knox. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. And we are here with our guest today, Miss Sarah Walker. Sarah, how are you? Doing good. Happy Friday, everyone. Yeah, it's always happy Friday. Love it. I love recording on Fridays for this very reason. Everybody's <laughs> always in a good mood. <laughs> Plus, we have a big esports weekend coming up with the uh, the big tournament. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, it seems like esports is just popping off right now since the COVID stuff. But um, so I wanted to uh, we we ask a beginning question, uh, pretty much for everyone. It's the same question every time. Uh, so, what initially got you into gaming? What was the first game that you picked up personally that you were like, "Hey, this is pretty cool," or was there one? Oh, there definitely was one. Um, yeah, however, it's going to kind of show my age a little bit, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Legend of Zelda was definitely Ooh. definitely one of mine. And then um, also to age myself, Contra. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Man. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was this on the uh, 64? Yeah. No, it was even before then. It was just the original oh. Nintendo. Like, oh wow, yeah. awesome! Like the good old days. Six eighty-five. Gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, awesome, awesome. So, do you mind telling the audience uh, what it is that you are currently doing with your employer and what your job is? Sure, absolutely. So, um, I work with a company. It's called Onward Play. Um, we are a specialized staffing firm that works specifically with esports and video games and virtual reality or any kind of extended reality, honestly. Um, so I, I have personally been, been staffing for esports uh, within organizations as well as broadcast and um, even events um, for about six years. And Onward Play. Um, works within some of these groups and we we place people who have previous experience in esports into uh, their next happy home and, and what makes a good fit and environment for everyone. Awesome. Sounds like something that the world definitely needs, um, especially right now. Um, so my next question would be what defines uh, someone uh, coming into it with experience. So you're saying someone that has experience uh, helped them find their home. And what if someone did not have any experience? Would they be able to go to Onward Play? 
Absolutely. So, um, especially with given the current situation of traditional sports and and a lot of the pivot that's been happening into the esports space, especially recently, um, because it kind of lends itself to being an online experience and an online event. Um, so even if you're someone who's coming from traditional sports and wants to get into esports, um, you know, <clears throat> we're happy to try and find a place for those people, especially like sponsorships and partnerships, something traditional sports kind of has a, a, a very good liaison into the esports world. Um, <clears throat> but ideally, the people that we like to work with are are people that are familiar with the industry um, people that at least have, you know, a, a discord, uh, you know, persona developed already. Right. Um, you know, if, if, if you're looking out to get into the esports space and, and you reach out to an organization and you, and you don't know some of their platforms, mm-hmm. then you know, that's obviously a big red flag. Um, <clears throat> so we, we try and find people who are already passionate about the space um, and are familiar at least with, with the different constraints and, and different partners that work in that space. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're spot on. Uh, that makes total sense. I mean, you can't just, you can't approach a, a company owner and say, Hey, I want a job and not know what that company does or anything about that genre, um, of product that they pr- produce. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my next question to you would be, what should someone do uh, to get into the industry if they don't know anything about about Discord or anything like that? Um, so that's you know it's a very good question because it's happening a lot right now, and um, you know the the best thing to do is to dive into the different leagues that exist and and find a place that makes you passionate about it. Because the people who are in esports and have been for a while um, really want to work with people who are authentic and sincere in their approach, um, meaning that they're not just trying to come in and make a quick dollar, if that makes sense. Especially on the partnership side, right? And then sponsors, you know, you you don't want a sponsor that's trying to come in that really organically just doesn't fit. So same thing with a, a, a candidate um, that wants to work with an organization, for example, like 100 Thieves or Cloud9 or Evil Geniuses. You know, you you have to know who their players are, who who owns that that um, umbrella company, right? So if you don't know that 100 Thieves is owned by um, Scooter Braun and Drake and Albia Mage and Danny Gilbert, then why are you even applying to somewhere where you don't know who you're hiring with? So, you know, make sure you do your background research. Um, make sure that you know the ins and outs of the different leagues and, and what makes you happy about each league and why you're interested in it. Um, because some of these overhead companies that have different teams in different leagues, you know, um, they need someone who has a, a more broader spectrum of, of knowledge in that space. 
I would even say maybe even do some uh, freelance help or some volunteer help or or even get involved with these industries and, and some of their affiliations that, that they might be involved with. Makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, pretty much what you're saying is just get down and uh, start putting your nose to the grindstone. Get in there. Dive in. Try to learn, try to try to figure it out and do as much work and get as much experience as you possibly can. I think EBN uh, in general kind of represents the same thing. Uh, you know, that's what we're trying to really teach people, you know, is that you can't just show up and, and expect a, you know, a handout every time. And I know that's so sad coming from, you know, these countries that, that don't have a lot, but they still need to understand the way that the business works. So I, I definitely agree with you there. That's uh that's an important thing. Well, even like, um, like, like you were saying, some of the countries who may not have access to it as much Latin America, it's actually one of the, the biggest industries that's growing as far as uh, consumers go right now. And, if you look at esports like five years ago or six years ago, even um, the monetization wasn't there before, right? So your your budgets for some of these particular roles were not something that would attract somebody out of a traditional sports space. But now all of a sudden, that it has the money and the backing and the you know all the power behind it. Um, a lot of people are trying to jump in and yeah. a lot of people that are in the esports space are a little bit wary of people who are just trying to jump on the bandwagon because they have nothing else to do. Right. Right. So, you know, if you come from traditional sports, don't just jump in mm-hmm. you know, just like you did when you had to figure out the football world or the basketball world you know, figure out the space, learn about the space, learn about your sponsors, learn about the leagues and the struggles that they've gone through and why they didn't allow monetization Mm -hmm. until five years ago. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think in in gamer terms, we should say uh, everyone has to start at level one and work their way up. You can't just come in and expect to be level 18, you know, uh, for those gamers out there that do play the RPGs that level up and whatnot. Um, So, okay, in terms of monetization, uh, what has changed? You know, you said that there was a recent change, you know, a few years ago, uh, things like this weren't able to be funded, and now uh, they are. So what what changed? Um, I think that there was a shift as far as demographics, and the reachability for different generations. Mm-hmm. And we have certain generations that are no longer watching your typical, you know, cable channels or, you know, everybody's on YouTube and Twitch and, you know, they're on different platforms than they were before. Mm-hmm. And all of these sponsors are going, oh, wait a minute, we're, we're missing an entire demographic here. How do we engage that? And so, you know, they started reaching out into the esports space to kind of pull them. Uh, a, a very good example would be Tops, um, <clears throat> which is something that some of the older generations probably know of as mm-hmm. baseball cards, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
they, a couple of years ago, I've started making moves into getting into esports and why? Because they've realized that their market base has gotten older and they're not engaging the younger group. And how do we do that? Is, is, and one of the things they realized was it's esports. Yeah. Right? That, that's where this attention is being drawn to. So a, a lot of sponsors and um, a, a lot of these partnerships are coming out of these companies like even Pepsi and Budweiser and, you know, a, a lot of different groups that are trying to capitalize on the attention of, of these generations that are not necessarily dealing with traditional media. Yeah, I think you're, again, spot on. I mean, as technology evolves, these these younger kids are born with tablets in their hands. It's a common conversation that we have in this podcast. And uh, it's it's just beginning to develop and we're starting to see that in uh, media and uh, culture in general. Um, so let's tap the brakes a little bit. Um, we had a discussion earlier and you've already really told us your story. But if you don't mind, just start from the beginning uh, and tell us how you ended up and landed where you are today. Oh, that's a fun story. Um, yeah, so I, I, it. <laughs> I actually, I, I started out as a professional athlete, um, as a skier. I'm not the smartest move physically, but um, so I, I had uh, a myriad of, of sponsors and dealt with the, the modeling and acting world and uh, ended up opening up uh, an agency down in Atlanta for the Hollywood of the South, um, which I, I truly appreciated my time in Atlanta and uh, ended up moving into the post-production space, which was run on the Unreal Engine, um, which anybody who, who works in video games knows that that's kind of the basis of where, where things are built on Unreal or Unity or even a proprietary engine. And... Um, so I ended up becoming a member of the, the IGDA and the GGDA, which is the International Game Developers Association. And um, I attended, no joke, three meetings before anybody said hi to me. Because it's a, it's, and I, I appreciate that because it's a space where they want to make sure that you care, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like you can just show up for one of their meetings and they're going to welcome you in, mm -hmm. but they want to make sure that you, you're authentic and that you care about right. their space. Right. And, and that's part of the reason why esports took so long to monetize. Mm -hmm. So, because they want to make sure that when you show up, that you actually give a shit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> For lack of a better sense. way to put it, I mean, it's true. So, and I, I really appreciated that about them because I was so used to such a um, superficial world with the modeling and acting space that mm -hmm. to, to be a part of a, a group of people that were so deeply ingrained and believed and loved what they did was very refreshing to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, in Atlanta, there's, there's a, a wonderful community and, you know, I can shout out to a bunch of people like Jeremy poor, um, you know, Skillshot, tripwire, 
um, Atlanta Rain, all all of those groups. It, Atlanta was was just a wonderful community for me to kind of get ingrained in this space, and um, it was a very welcoming community for me. Once you you prove your worth, right? You know, mm-hmm. you can't just jump like like I was saying. You can't just jump into something without any knowledge. Right. You, you have to show that you you actually care, and so. I went from working with models and actors to working with game developers and esports. So, and and I couldn't be happier because I went from high heels to converses, which yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally down for. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, what really struck base with me was that there are some companies out there that are only seeing the monetization of this and don't care about the actual culture. Um, and a, a lot of that is, uh, could ended up being gatekeeping, um, and keeping people out of the business that do care about the culture and do know a lot about the culture. So what do you say about that? And what is your experience of dealing with that? Um, my experience with that, especially, you know, again, with groups like tops or Bud Light or, you know, some of these other groups that are just trying to make, make a buck, honestly, um, is those that show actual genuine interest and, you know, show up, right. You just show up and your, your boots on the ground essentially, which is even harder now, obviously, since we can't meet in person anymore, or we can't have these, you know, live events, but showing that you're, you're paying attention to what's going on. And not only that, but making sure that your brand is represented in an organic fashion, right? It's not a forced partnership. It's something that makes sense. It's like um, like Puma or HyperX or, you know, Alienware. It makes sense. It's, it's not something where you're like, you know, we should, we want to slap our name on your, your jersey, that that doesn't work anymore. It has to be something that, you know, everybody feels like they're getting something out of the situation. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I think it does. Trent, um, do you mind giving us, uh, giving Sarah a little bit of your background on where you came from? And maybe you guys can relate. And who knows, you guys might have mutual connections. Uh, sure. Yeah. So if I haven't talked about it on the podcast before, um, I've, you know, kind of developed exactly what I, I do and what I've done. Um, I started off, you know, asking for the opportunity to provide value at conventions such as like South by DreamHack and um, different conventions, anime, gaming, any, any sort of nerd or geek culture kind of thing. Uh, esports was probably where I felt the most connected, which I was just thinking for a second there. I was like, some of what you were saying, I hadn't really thought about, you know, there's sort of a divide right now between how gamers that are in the esports culture want to see the scene and sort of like those who are in love with RGB lighting and those who are hate it and want it out of the, out of the, the um, production of the, of what's going on. A lot of them, you know, have have voiced that they're not into the EDM music. They're more into a different sort of vibe. But um, yeah, I 
did that. And then I got a couple opportunities at some land centers and some stuff online from doing consulting, uh, just talking about the industry. And, you know, a big part of it is um, expressing to people what that they might not be a good fit for the industry because they don't like the culture. They will, they don't necessarily feel like that their brand's going to connect with the, with the end uh, consumer. Um, there's a lot of uh, things that um, I think that what you've said so far, I agree with and almost so, so much that I just want to hear you talk about it. You know, um, all, I think one of the things that is kind of like, um, frustrating it to hear is about um, advertisers, sponsors that come into the industry. Some of the names I that you, you put out there kind of made me cringe. Uh, and I was a little bit like, ah, those, those guys, they're good guys. But I mean, um, sometimes I think even here down, down here in Texas, um, you know, over on the West Coast, uh, over in the East Coast, up north, uh, sometimes we don't know how to move into a market uh, and, and connect cor- correctly with the local scene. I think we were talking about that a little bit before, how you had some experience with that. Um, but a, a question I generally ask uh, the guests is, it, can you remember a time when you when you were younger that esports was present? Or like, what was the gaming culture like growing up? I'm so I much like Cam grew up in an area that is very rural. So yeah, me too. We yeah, we we did not have access to anything that was even remotely similar to this. And when I kind of started diving into this, one of the first things that I did was dive into the history, right? Um, it's just like any other kind of education. How do you know where something is going if you don't know where it came from? So, for instance, uh, you know, esports kind of started <clears throat> right around 1978 when Stanford did, you know, their their first uh, esports, and and the the title winner got a Rolling Stone subscription. That was the first prize. And if you don't know where something came from, just like art, you know, if you don't know the history of something, how do you know how to predict or even try and say that you think you know where something was going, right? So I, I really didn't have much of a background in it at all. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, to be in Atlanta and enjoy the, the space that was there because they do have, you know, the FaZe Clan uh, team. Yay, Atlanta. Um, and also the, the Rain and, and your NBA 2K teams also there. So I was I was blessed enough to, to be brought up in an, in an area in my interest in that space because if I were anywhere else, I'm not sure that I I would have had the indoctrination that I do now. So, you know, but I, I'm, I'm very happy to see even presently that a lot of esports has been kind of bleeding into your more rural areas. Um, if that makes sense. 
because, you know, five years ago, six years ago, it, it was really only a, a West Coast thing or, or even kind of a localized area within some of these leagues. And especially with this year, um, unfortunately, you know, COVID took away our homestands, um, which is really sad because I was super pumped for all of the the CDL and the, you know, OWL homestands. I, I was just so pumped that, that they were really pushing for that homestand, home backing behind each one of these cities, and then you know, to have that taken away was, was really sad, but, um, I, I, I really would like to see more of that brought out, um, because a, a lot of these local areas, like, I mean, if you're in Texas, you know, this, like you guys crushed it. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas took away the, uh, the championship for your CDL. Um, kudos to you guys. No, no, no hate there. Um, but you got the throne, you got the black diamond ring and that's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> but it was, um, you know, it, it's nice to see that it's bleeding into some of these spaces that really wasn't there when I was growing up, you know, and, and it's nice to see something that ex- is expanding. I've seen a lot of ignorance in the space, um, in in local even even here close to new york city people don't even know what esports is and and it's a shame because um it's so prominent and it's such a a billion dollar industry that anybody who isn't aware of what's happening i i feel like just kind of loses a little bit of (laughs) iq level as far as i'm concerned um and my ability to have a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone yeah i can relate you know uh like like you said i i came from a rural area as well and uh you know the closest thing we had to an esports get together was the uh local smash tournament at the uh, at the McKay's, which is called uh, it's a McKay, it's called McKay's, and it's essentially just like a uh, video game, DVD, book warehouse where people can buy stuff like that. So you know, there's places like that that have little small tournaments, you know. But other than that, there's nothing else going on out here. And uh, like you said, it's it's really sad to you know talk about you know the business that you're doing in esports, and somebody's like, what's that? You know, and like, and you still get the conversations and you still get the comments of, you know, video games rot your brain. You're never going to be able to do nothing with that. So you might as well go out there and chop wood or whatever, you know, (laughs) develop a real skill is what they say, you know, and that's not, that's not always true. You know, I'm I'm a strong believer in chasing your dreams and, um, you know, finding something in life that you enjoy uh, that you can use to contribute too. So, you know, you don't want to start a job and, and, and hate it for the rest of your life. That's, that's my one fear personally. I, I can't stand whenever I hear stories about people that have worked in a factory for 30, 40 years and they're like, don't do this, man. Don't be like me, you know? So, so it's great to hear that, you know, people like you are successful and, uh, it is possible, you know, and, um, it's, yeah, it's just great to hear. Um, so I do want to go into something else. Um, you had mentioned to us earlier, we had a, a pre-show meeting. You mentioned something about a collegiate league that you're involved with. 
Yeah, so um, a very good friend and contact of mine um, with Metro Sports, uh, Metro Esports is building out the first uh, diversity HBCU collegiate league. Um, and I know that there's a couple of different leagues within like ACC and, you know, some, some of your top tier schools, but um, given the current state of affairs and, and in the interest of inclusion, which I think really should be considered, um, they have started out a, a tournament for your HBCU universities. We're really excited to be a part of that and launching that. Um, I'm also affiliated with um, BIG, which is Blacks in Gaming, and then also um, your Gay Gaming Professionals. These are both two groups that I'm very much active in and and love to help and bring any of these people into this space because I think that it's beneficial for everybody all around mm-hmm. to have a more broad outreach um, because a big part of their consumers, and you know, especially in your NBA 2K sides and, you know, a, a lot of the development side also, um, you know, you're looking at 40% as far as who your consumers are. Even within your games and the people who are who are uh, purchasing things on on you know Stadia and and Steam and you know all of your spaces, so I, I think it's really important that they have representation within mm-hmm. their space to to really tap into those markets um, and just overall for basic humanity's sake, you should. Yeah. This should be included. I agree. I think I think I've said it before in a past podcast, but I'll say it again. It's hard to judge someone for the uh, skin color while you're fighting zombies together, mm. you know. Or it's hard to it's hard to f- judge someone on, on their political views if you're fighting aliens together in a video game, you know. And you guys are both True. going by a different name, you know. It's uh, it's it's it can definitely bring people together. Uh, unity is definitely the goal when it comes to esports, in my opinion. True. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of connecting with <clears throat> Gordon Bellamy. Um, big shout out to him uh, for for actually being, you know, kind of a catalyst in this. But he was one of the first people who ever made a person of color in a video game. I mean, think huh. of that. That's it's pretty pretty powerful. Um, you know, and and he worked for EA at the time, which is is not really or wasn't known for being inclusive at the time and the things that he's been able to achieve and and also coming out as part of the lgbtq community at the same time as also being a person of color in development so um you know he he's been a a very wonderful guiding light for me and and kind of showing me different outlets and places that we can find these people um because it's it's very important to in- incorporate those because how else are you going to reach a, a broad and wide spectrum of an audience without having people that represent that? I mean, how do you know how to reach out to that community if you aren't part of that community, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I think another conversation that uh, a lot of people are having behind the scenes is uh, mental illness and mental health. You know, uh, as I referred to earlier, the conversation of gaming is frying your brain or it's it's causing our, our youth to not be able to socialize on the same level that we could before all this technology came along. What what do you think about the mental health? Do you think that it's actually getting better or do you think it's getting worse or what? I, I think, honestly, the moderators who are in this space are getting much better at dealing with this. Um, it's become much more prevalent and, and something that people are dealing with um, that they weren't necessarily dealing with before um, because there certainly has been this notorious toxic culture of people who were engaging online and, and saying things that were, you know, maybe not politically correct, right, for instance. But um, when it when it comes down to, you know, the, the, the basis of, of being politically correct and, and making sure that you're saying the right things, then you have to make sure that your community moderators, and these are the, the type of people that I hire, Right. I, I'm, I'm looking constantly for people who have a diverse background that can be on Discord and they're talking about the beta releases and they're talking to these people that are, you know, seeing things that are not necessarily um, what they want on their stream. Right. Because <clears throat> it happens all the time. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of streamers who, who say things that you know, should be monitored um, to some extent. I mean, obviously you want to have freedom of speech, but when it comes to saying things that are hurtful, that that's, that's not okay. Um, but there's also an organization that my company Onward Play is affiliated with, and that's called Take This. So Take This is an organization that is anti-crunch, so for anybody who's ever developed a video game, they're very aware of what the term crunch means. And that means that when you get to a deadline, you end up working 80 hours a week, sometimes more. And Take This is an organization that a lot of reputable studios, Cinemax is one of them, Certain Affinity is one of them, um, that they do not accept crunch. So there is no overtime that has ever worked. And they're very much concerned about the mental health and well-being of people who are developing the games, as well as the people who are monitoring the community that their games are being played on. Interesting. Uh, that's something I was not aware of at all. Um, that's that's really cool to know that, you know, the developers are being taken care of and stuff. Uh, I, I think we could, we could uh, be a little bit harder on the EA people, though. In my opinion, <laughs> it's just my opinion, but, uh, you know, so, okay. Uh, something else you brought up, you know, uh, in regards to the collegiate league, you also brought up something about a TV show or something like that. Could you, could you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So, um, I am working with a company It's called Metro games and they're starting up a live stream reality TV dating show. So it's kind of like a love connection meets the bachelor meets online game streaming. So a lot of people, especially now with the pandemic that's happening, um, 
you know, everybody is meeting virtually at this point, even um, building to building, right? There was a couple in New York that was featured that this girl met this guy from a rooftop from wow. another guy who was on another rooftop. <laughs> and they figured out how to connect with each other via streaming on Steam. Hmm. So it, it kind of sparked uh, an idea with Metro Gaming, uh, my partner, Sean Barry, um, and we happened to acquire uh, host Catherine Corcoran, and uh, the first eligible bachelor will be John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks. And so he will be competing with a couple of different female streamers, gamers, because he's a huge gamer himself. Mm -hmm. And so we're putting together the pilot with him. We're sponsored with HyperX, uh, Wrecked Global. And, you know, we have, other producers that are involved, NFL Network, ESPN, CBS, Sway, if anybody remembers Sway from MTV. From, oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, he is also going to be on board. And then Motown Records is also working with us. Wow. So we're putting together kind of a dating show, um, hoping to either put it on somewhere like Ven or G4, maybe even Twitch. But honestly, I, I really like Ven or G4 because, you know, there's the kind of place where I think our content could really thrive. Yeah. Um, honestly. So we, we would really like to see um, people that want to get into either sponsorships, people who want to be candidates, you know, who, who even male or female, we're even going to be doing, um, you know, male to male or female to female. Hmm. Um, so it, we're, we're not holding it to any kind of traditional relationships uh, or structure as far as that goes. And, and that's one of the things that we really wanted to include was, you know, we, we wanted to have people of color. We wanted to have the LGBTQ community as a part of this um, because we think it's really important. And it's going to be kind of like an elimination. Uh, so like your first round, let's say, you're going to do, you know, um, Rocket League, right? Whoever scores the most points against the Atlanta Hawks player, mm-hmm. it's moved on to the next phase. Okay. Right. Okay. And, and then, so whoever, cause he's a big gamer, like he likes to be with people who like gaming. Okay. And, and that's important, right? If you're a gamer, you want to, you know, you don't want some girl nagging you being like, oh, are you on that thing again? <laughs> right. There's so many <laughs> memes out there. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, um, you know, for him, his big thing is that, you know, I want somebody who's really going to enjoy gaming with me. Um, and so the first round is going to be gaming, right? Who can beat me to the end? And then, you know, you move on from there and have different types of eliminations. So we're really excited to see where it goes. We'd love to see different sponsorships. We're looking at people like um, Grindr. 
um, some of your online dating apps um, as, as people for sponsors, but as far as publication and, and actual production, we're looking at probably Venn or G4. Interesting. I think it's a it's a perfect model for bringing people in. I mean, because that sort of thing, uh, that, that, that sort of show is very popular right now. Um, and, and, you know, if you incorporate gaming and esports into that, you're just kind of lassoing people in, you know, to the industry. And I think that's great. Uh, I think it's really cool. And I can't wait to hear more about it. And by the way, that lineup on the staff, cr- the crew behind that. Wow. That's a, uh, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty jam packed. Um, yeah, we've done our research. We'll just say <laughs> seems like it seems like it. Um, yeah. I think that's really cool. Uh, I'm interested to see how that gets done. I've seen, I've heard told, I've heard a lot of stories about shows, um, and some of them actually turned out. I like the, I like the one that um, Quavo did with Ric Flair on. Um, I, forgot what, I forgot what it was, what platform it was on. Um, I think it might have been on Caffeine. I liked what they did. Um, I heard another, another, I, supposedly phase was supposed to do a show on Quibi. I haven't seen that. Um, there, there's another show, uh, that was supposed to happen about a gamer house. Um, these shows and Vin's been doing their thing. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I think there's something there with what you guys are talking about and going on Vin, um, G4. I'd like to see what happens. Um, but repeat content right now um i don't think they have enough content to run a full uh production as far as like a full schedule yeah i think well i mean it's an interesting space because cheddar got closed down and since cheddar got closed down that whole part of esports has been distributed amongst different uh broadcast networks um i'd like to go back to to you particularly and ask you like so in your free time what esport do you consume oh i i love overwatch that overwatch uh yeah them and uh you know your csgo counter-strike global offense because it's like (laughs) this is the original right like that's it's like the godfather like it's the beginning who's your main in overwatch um well being from new york eh, i i like uh new york excelsior um i unfor- they're unfortunately not didn't yeah. do so hot <laughs> sorry about uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> um you know but uh like any good uh fan you're not a fair weather fan you you root for your home team and that's one of the things that i really really appreciated about um what the overwatch league and the call of duty league was trying to do this year and uh, i was sad to see the the rug pulled out from underneath of them because what they're really trying to do was establish a, you know a, a home team kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. and and feel um, and I really appreciate that, but, um, you know, being a big fan also of cloud nine, um, from the get go, uh, when I went to the New York Excelsior homestand, I got to meet the London Spitfire team and as did my dog, which, which I have a, <laughs> a 
wonderful candid photo of, of the entire team with my dog. Um, but unfortunately, the team had just lost three uh, solid rounds. <laughs> so yikes! Yeah, so the entire team was like not smiling, and <laughs> the dog is like ear to ear grin. And everybody is like, why is everybody so unhappy? And I'm like, well, they just lost like everything um, <laughs> that weekend. Right, right. Um, so I, I love uh, the Overwatch League. I love the intricacies that are involved in it and all the different positions that are that come into that because it is it's very much a team effort, right? It, it's not just like everybody's just a shooter. Um, like Call of Duty, for instance, which is just, you know, master the map, mm -hmm. get through the map. Overwatch is a little bit more, I, I think, of a strategy, I, I believe. Um, and then just Counter-Strike being something that is just so epically uh, historical, right? It, it's been there forever. So if you were a part of CSGO, you know, you know how long it's been around mm -hmm. and it's, you know, if you'd be really not potentially placating towards esports if you didn't acknowledge the fact that CSGO really kind of paved the way for this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, that's another thing that people don't realize about esports. It's not just Call of Duty and it's not just Overwatch, you know, it's not just League of Legends, but the, the, the coolest thing about it is that there is just such a broad spectrum of different types of uh, games and skills being used. You know, you've got the you've got the uh, the fighting games like Mortal Kombat. That stuff is awesome. It's just one on one combat. And then you've got like the racing games and, and the MOBAs. You know what I'm saying? It's just so cool. It's something that people yeah. really underestimate. Yeah, and then and then you know if you want to get into the outliers, you talk about Fortnite, which some people argue is not an esport, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean they they have that epic money you know behind them, so you know they're 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 pumping millions of dollars into some of these these purses at, at the end, and I was actually at the Fortnite World Cup finale. Um, which they did a phenomenal job. I don't know who creative directed all of those little intricacies, but they got every little thing. Even so when, when I was at the, the Fortnite World Cup, they had little pens that went with your lanyards. On the back of the pens, the pen holder, the little rubber piece was the shape of a llama. I mean, that, that's detail. That's amazing detail. And that's the kind of things that esports companies look out for when they're looking for people to come in and really build out their events, right? It, it, it's the small little things because <clears throat> from, from my experience, the people who um, are critiquing your, your events and, and your video games, they're so particular. Mm -hmm. they're, they're so social savvy. And if, if you hit and check all of those boxes, like, like Fortnite really did at their world cup, um, you know, you just, you go above and beyond and, and they really, really did. And, you know, and it shows because then, you know, this 15 year old kid won what, you know, five, $6 million. You know? Yeah. 
after his yeah. mom said I threw away his console at one point. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Betty's laughing at her now. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> saying she's grounded. All the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly don't blame him. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, definitely. It, it, that's super cool. Uh, another thing that Fortnite did, I, th- I found to be successful is they, they kind of led the way when it came to uh, cross-platform play, you know, and that again brought forth more unity than, than diversity. Uh, um, and so exclusivity, they, once again, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for saving the day there. I, I used the wrong word. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> we want diversity. And then all the skins <laughs> that they brought in when they were raising money. Right. So, you know, for, for different organizations, mm-hmm. I mean, they've even beyond just trying to make money for themselves, they've, they've used their platform to help other organizations to make money and, and doing all these philanthropical yeah. um, outreach, you know, by selling skins, right. By saying, Hey, by the way, if you pay this amount of money, we'll make a person in, in Fortnite that looks just like yeah. you. I mean, who isn't going to pay half a million for that if you've got it? You know. Yeah, I think they did a great job as far as marketing and advertising and everything goes. But when you were talking about that, that made me realize, think about something I don't think about a lot is, at least in the South, down here in Texas, um, the budget for esports events over the course of uh, the past five years has gone from huge investment into the esports event and then subsequently just drowning, uh, getting just taken away outside of the franchising, of course, with the Empire and the Overwatch League. But um, yeah, I, I was thinking when you said that, it's like, okay, Fortnite spending money. It, it, what do you think about developers and uh, the platforms? uh pull or d- dividing the 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 industry because it, it becomes top heavy on one side once one side of the barbell you have 75 pounds the other side of the barbell you have 25 pounds and so you end up tipsy turving the industry where the consumer becomes disconnected in the west coast in the in the southern well this might be a u.s issue but um <laughs> you know in the U.S., uh, I, I personally, you know, would have loved to have gone to the Fortnite World Cup, mm-hmm. but there wasn't this the the build out to create that connection to go to a Fortnite World Cup. Saying like, oh, there wasn't an event in Dallas, and also an event in 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 Atlanta, creating enough of a of like a bridge to the event. You know, that's probably you know I see. I see that as why a Midwest Booga makes it to a Fortnite World Cup because the bridge was connected. The financial purses were connected through his route to go and take a, that top purse. Yeah, no, I, you know what? I, I attribute a lot of that to people like DreamHack, honestly. And, <laughs> and I know you guys talked to Justin, who is a good friend of mine. Um, yeah. And, Honestly, I, I, I think that they have done a wonderful job of just incorporating all of these games and everybody as a whole who is interested in esports, no matter what you're following. And I think they've done a, a, a great job of that. 
Um, but it, as far as it, it goes to, you know, who's able to be here or be there, um, I think a, a big part of creating that hype, no matter where you are in the United States or in the globe, because this is a global industry for sure, 100%. Like, mm -hmm. this is more global than any other market I've ever been involved with, um, is, is that content, right? So you have teams like the Huntsman and, you know, the Dallas Empire and your NBA 2K, Matt Arden, God love you for putting out some great content in this space because the, the content is king. It has always been king. It always will be king, you know? So, and it's not just people who are, um, really good personalities because some of these players are great personalities and they're, they're even better personalities than some of your traditional sports players. Um, and they're more social media savvy than most of the, of the traditional sports players as well. Right. Who don't know about the ramifications of, Hey, if we say this on whatever platform, what's going to, what's going to happen. So you have people like Gary V, right. Gary Vaynerchuk, who's starting out this Vayner gaming, and he's starting out an agency to help represent some of these players and represent the content that they're putting out. Because in a time where you can't be there in person, content and, and the kind of episodic things that you're producing is really what's going to draw in your, your new watchers, right? The people who are interested in it but don't know about it. And if you have like that 10 minute episodic, you know, out in, insider look into your, your esports house and to how, it, how you're training, because a lot of people don't understand that these people are grinding it out eight to 10 hours a day and they're dealing with dislocated shoulders, neck issues, back issues, you know, uh, even figuring out how to do their eye tracking better, how to have better reaction time and your, your, your diet even is a thing. So to have people who are putting out content that's really showcasing everything that goes into esports right now is really where it's at. Um, I, I, I've seen a huge trend in the hiring market because that's what I work in. I, I hire people for esports. I look for people who are building out really good content in this space because right now content is what is grabbing in those people who are used to working or looking at traditional sports and how do we pull them into something that's esports and why is that important or what are these people doing that's so insurmountable, right? What, what makes them special and why? Um, and, and to have a really good video editor or somebody who is really good at getting that B roll film or, you know, the, like for instance, the person who is the head of editing at a hundred thieves is award-winning. Like he is one, he's been in esports for 15 years. Fathom that for a second, 15 years in esports. That's a long time in this space mm -hmm. that it's really only been, you know, fully monetized for five years. So 
you know, he put in his dues and, and he's done some amazing stuff, but he understands like, like most people who are successful in this space, that content is what is going to get you noticed. It's what's going to get you airtime. It's what's going to get you sponsors, partnerships, all of these things that help you to build out your organization and make it successful. Right. And, and also attract really good talent too. the same effect. Yeah. You're, you're definitely right. You're definitely right. Uh, you know, that's something that, that you can kind of relate back to when it comes to just sticking your nose to the grindstone, just pushing out that content, even if you're not seeing immediate results, you know what I mean? I've spoken with, uh, streamers, you know, that I know personally that were like, Hey, I'm thinking about streaming, you know, what should I do? And so I tell them and they start streaming and a week later, they're like, I, I don't have anyone watching what was wrong. And I'm like, just keep going, just keep doing it. And eventually you will develop this. You have to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that's very true. Very true. Um, in closing here, uh, in conclusion, we, we ask this same uh, question to all of our guests as we exit. Um, and so my question to you is if you could go back in time to whenever you first step foot in esports, you're looking up like, like there's a time machine up there. <laughs> no, if you could go back in time to where you first step foot in esports, what, what would you tell yourself and give yourself as advice? Um, I would, I would definitely say, you know, just to stay true to what your purpose is because this, and I can't say this enough, it is an incredibly authentic and sincere space. I went to three IGDA meetings, it's International Game Developers Association meetings, um, before anybody even said hi to me because they wanted to make sure that I was there for the right reasons. Right. And I appreciate that because it meant that when I was welcomed in and included, they knew that I was there because I wanted to be a part of what they were building. And it was, it was extremely exciting. Um, and I have never regretted any of the, the connections or, or people that I have had the pleasure of, of working with and meeting and it just these people make my every day so happy to be a part of uh, right. because I, I feel like I'm I'm doing something for the greater good and my head and my heart will always be in the right place but always keep that in mind if you're trying to get into this space your head and your heart have to be in the right space have to Wow. I think that that's something that uh, our listeners could take and modify in their own way, in their own lives and run with it. You know, that's great advice for them for sure. Um, As we close again, is there any kind of uh, plugs that you'd like to toss out? 100%. I have very, very good, wonderful, one of my best friends, favorite human in the world, Christy St. Martin who is the CEO of Gamers Vote. I know this is a big thing happening right now in the world, in the U.S. It's obviously something that's in the media right now, but there's her company is Gamers Vote, and 
I highly encourage anybody in this industry because we make up a huge part of the demographic of people that may not be represented. And her organization doesn't, is not polarizing in any way. She doesn't care what side of the fence you're on. It's her only initiative is, and I'm a, we're affiliated Onward Play with them as well, and we fully support their organization, and we're happy to, you know, promote anything that they believe in as far as just people get out there, register, vote. I don't care what side you're voting on. Just make your voice heard. Right. That's it. You know, we're, we're a month away. Just make sure that what you want is represented. That's it. Very true. Very true. Any other plugs? Um, other than, than game time and, and our dating show, we'd love to see anybody who wants to be interested in that. Um, you can reach me at Sarah at onwardplay.com. And I'd be happy to hear anybody who wants to do with that. Or if you're reaching out for any kind of esports talent, again, same email address. I'm happy to look at anybody's resume and help them break into this industry. Beautiful, beautiful. Trent, you got any plugs you want to toss out there for us tonight? Yeah. All right. So Esports Business Network, um, we always appreciate uh, our listeners. So if you want to take advantage of our free bronze plan, go to bronze.ebn.gg. Uh, you'll get into the network and uh, you can list your company as an directory and uh, take that free first course for free. It's for, for our launch members. We're doing a, a free access to that course for most likely the next six months. Uh, and then um, if, if you want to make a contribution, there will be uh, the Cash App and PayPal uh, information in the description or on the screen. Um, also, if you would like to support us through the merchandise, as always, you can go to merch.ebn.gg. Um, yeah, follow us on the social media. We're growing on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is most likely our largest platform right now combined with like Facebook and Facebook groups. Um, and, uh, we're looking to grow the YouTube. So those of you who are looking at the YouTube page, uh, check that on out. Um, so yeah, as always, thank you for listening. Yeah, I definitely want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Miss Sarah Walker, you joined us at the last minute due to a reschedule and you are such a trooper for that. And you did a great job. Uh, thank you again. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure, and um, I will certainly be plugging this on my LinkedIn and Discord as well. Well, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, as for the listeners, you've been listening to the Esports Business Network podcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah.